Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Vampire Movie Minute podcast covering the 1985 horror comedy Once Bitten. Tonight, we're not covering minutes of the movie. Scott and I have a very special guest on the show with us. We have Skip, who played Russ in the Once Bitten, one of Jim Carrey's friends and one of the main characters of the movie. Thank you for joining us, Skip. Well, it's nice to be here, Chris and Scott. Thank you for having me on. How did you get the role of uh, Russ in Once Bitten, and what were you doing leading up to it? Well, you know, that's a really interesting story. Um, I had I had done a lot of theater and uh, in New York, and I had uh, been traveling around the country doing uh, touring Broadway uh, shows as a singer, dancer, actor, comedian. And <clears throat> it was my first trip to Los Angeles, and actually once bitten was my first audition with this hold, new agent. Russ, hold on one quick second. Sure. audio spike sounds like i'm going through like podcasters right now trying to figure out what the hell that is because it's been going on too long all right skip uh go ahead continue yeah so it was my first um foray into the los angeles scene and i had just gosh i'd recorded a commercial that had gotten a lot of of um response from different people in the business. It was a Campbell's soup commercial that was airing during primetime. And I had gotten David Lynch had contacted me about the lead in blue velvet. Um, I, Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis were doing back to the future. And they called me in specifically. And I spent an hour with Zemeckis and Spielberg. And I was the New York choice for the Michael J. Fox role I had just gone out to LA and screen tested for that. Didn't get it. But the, and the reason I'm sharing that is, when I first came out to L.A. and auditioned for Once Bitten, um, <clears throat> I, I was auditioning for the role of Jamie, the, si- the other sidekick, right? And the kind of the mousy one. The shy one. And, yeah, the shy one. And it was between me and um, Tom Balator for that role. And so we went through a bunch of, uh, of callbacks, and somebody else got cast in the Russ role at the beginning. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. Super good guy. But he was one of Biff's gang in Back to the Future. And so I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but uh, Michael J. Fox was not the first choice for Back to the Future. It was actually um, Eric, Stoltz. Uh, Eric Stoltz, right? So they had hired Eric. They had gone through about 10 weeks of filming. They fired him. And they had always wanted Fox for the role. And then they went and begged um, the guys that family, family, not family ties. Was it family ties? Yeah, it was family ties. Yeah, yeah. family ties that he was on to allow them to use him. So what they did was they had to go back and reshoot a lot of the the uh, scenes. And so the gentleman that had been cast as Russ got had to, had to turn down the role because they were going to film at exactly the same time. And they called me back in and said. Hey, would you? We love you. We think you're hilarious. Would you audition for the Russ role? And would you be willing to dye your hair? Because Karen, Jim, Tom, and I all had exactly the same hair color, which was dark brown. So I said, cut, cut my hair off, make me bald. I don't care. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> so then after that audition, I got cast right before the shooting started. Probably had a week before they went into production uh, for that role. So. 
that was, um, I mean, I had done a lot of commercials. I had done uh, some short films, but I, that was my first real uh, uh, film. And, it, and other than doing a bunch of commercials, I had not done that much film. And it was my first, first movie to shoot. That's why it was so um, jarring when I saw you on your website. It was like, is this him? Because he has red hair in the movie. And- well, you know, it's interesting. It was supposed to be blonde, but my hair, for whatever reason, uh, they had to keep bleaching it and bleaching it and bleaching it, and it would just oxidize. And, and, and actually, Lauren Hutton was the one that took me to her hairdresser to get them to do that. And I stayed friends with that guy, and he cut my hair on and off for years. But I'll tell you what, that it did. It turned red. And um, I did not like being a redhead. Uh, <laughs> it was not, not as much fun. Scott, do you have a question for Skip? Oh, I was just uh, – something I'm always interested in. What, is the, what was the first scene you shot? First oh, and last, very if you good, remember. Yeah, because they're not oh. shot – the movie's never shot in order unless – Almost never, yeah. Almost never. <laughs> the first scene that we shot – um, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe something was shot before you were there. But what scene were you? What was your first scene shot? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think about that. I. Because I heard the dance I, was the last scene. Uh, the last thing we shot. Um, well, I'll tell you, we had some retakes um, that we shot about three or four months later, and I had gone through a weird thing because. Uh, my father was killed in a plane crash uh, in between the two shootings, and it was a, a Delta plane crash. And he had just been just been killed probably two and a half, three about maybe three weeks before that. And so they called me up and said, can you come back and do some reshoots? And we were doing that Hollywood Boulevard, walking up and down the boulevard as we were driving around. They had added in a couple of, a couple of scenes, and uh, mostly that when we were in the car. But it was it was uh, that was the last thing that we shot, um, and we stayed up, did a couple of nights of that, driving up and down Hollywood Boulevard, and the thing with the tiger, and I remember that. Gosh, that's really interesting. I can't remember on that specific film what we shot first. Well, go in, uh, since you're at the Boulevard, go into the uh, go into the club scene. What was that like? Was that a was that a club built? Was that a club that was already there? They just mm-hmm. built the uh, the scene around you guys, or was that that actually the way that club looked? No, that was major set decoration. We actually shot that in the Whiskey A Go Go up on Sunset Boulevard, oh. and we shot it during the day. And um, you know, it it was they redid it, so they pulled everything out. Um, and I think we shot it on at the beginning of the week, like on a Monday or Tuesday. And I think they only did their like Tuesday through. Sunday night or something. And, um, but it was shot at the whiskey, a go-go on sunset. Nice. Do you have a personal favorite scene of yours? Um, in that movie, um, you know, uh, (laughs) the, the whole line that I got to say the whole, I'm a Sagittarius and, you know, uh, let's just get down to do what we really want to do. That was, that was just, it was a lot of fun. Probably the scene in the, the one that I thought that I enjoyed the most was the scene in the laundromat when I was talking to that that gal and trying to pick her up, and then she turns yeah. on and goes, right. "Okay, let's go." Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm like, uh, "No." And she's into BDSM. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they rebuilt. They actually had to build a special series of um, 
when we pulled Jamie out of the, the, uh, the dryer, they had to build a couple of dryers that they could actually get him in. And so that was all kind of, um, you know, that was all fake. That was all done uh, with um, uh, decoration, set decoration. That's pretty good. Was it, was it just like deeper or lighter? Stop. It was, yeah, it I heard it. it. Hang, on one sec- hang on one second. We got the, I hear it, I heard it in my headphones. Thank you. Okay, now try it. It was a section of the laundromat that had uh, that they had built a false front on. So they made them look like that. But if you remember in the scene, I walked from the back of the laundromat to the front of the front of the store and then find find Jamie stuck in there. Kind of one of those stop, slow burn kind of turn and see him. Um, So, you know, what's really interesting about that film is I was see, I was 23 when I shot that. Jim was 22. Uh, Tom was 23. I think he and I were the same age and that was Jim's first film to ever do. Um, so we were all young. Jim had only done, um, six episodes of something called the duck factory, which was a TV series that he had done before that. So we were all new to film. Uh, we were all new pretty much to camera. Um, I probably had as much experience as Jim did at that point. And, but everybody knew that he was going to be a megastar. He was so freaking funny on set. Uh, just constantly cracking us all up. This, uh, is, this is something we've actually heard um, from our last interview with one of the band members. Uh, she mentioned like everybody seems to have gotten this vibe. It's it's kind it's kind of interesting. <laughs> you mean about Jim and his success? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, you you knew when you were operating with him that he was special, and and it was kind of shocking because he um, he got Peggy Sue got married right after that, and. Uh, I saw Jim a number of times. Uh, I used to hang out at the comedy store and go back. And when he was trying to really overhaul his comedy routine before he just, you know, you know, um, uh, before In Living Color happened. And I can't say enough great stuff about Jim. Jim was just he was fantastic to work with. He was really giving. He was playful. He was funny. He kept the whole set light. Um, you know, I. He, and I'm, I was not surprised at all when he became a megastar because you knew he was going to be. And the director, uh, Howard Storm, on that film had directed all the Mork and Mindy's with Robin Williams and had really given Robin his first shot on film. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and I, he saw that same energy in Jim. And uh, he mentioned it a number of times. Another comedy said, star alum, too. Yeah. Oh, well, he was part of the ground, not the groundlings, but uh, God, there was another, there was another improv group that he was part of. And I'm not sure it was, I don't think it was a comedy store. What, what was it? It was, uh, there was another, because uh, Howard would have been in his, probably his mid forties or early fifties back then. Um, anyway, he had, he had done a lot of uh, improv. And so he could appreciate Jim and he let Jim kind of go off periodically. And the truth is he invited us all to do that when uh, some of the scenes were rewritten. And right before we were going to do them, a couple of days, we got the rewrites. Tom and I, who were working as a comedy team, basically, the two of us were working off each other. And then we were foils for Jim. We took some of the scenes and we rewrote them and took some of the material 
back to Howard and said, Howard, you guys changed these and you've taken some of the comedy out of it. So we've rewritten it. And the balls that we had to do that now, um, <laughs> I, we didn't know any better. But and they were like, hey, this, this is great. This is great material. You guys. Yeah, fantastic. Keep it coming. So there were probably three scenes that we worked on and kind of reconfigured uh, and took back to them after they had had rewritten them because the script had originally been written. And then uh, Samuel Goldman Jr. production company picked it up and they had. And I can't remember, I'm, you know, it's been a long time. It's only been 35 years, but they had a, an older gentleman who was super nice, who had rewritten the script. Uh, I think and he worked uh, in development for Sam. And, um, but it, it, he was missing, he missed some of the youthful comedy. And now all that comedy is all out of, uh, you know, it's all way dated. Uh, but for the time, you know, we got, they gave us a lot of uh, ability to, you know, make or make it or break it. And they trusted us, especially Howard. He was great, the director on that. My favorite scene that you're in is with the, uh, is that the, is, it's basically the last scene of the movie that we see you guys. We don't know what, what the fate of you two are, but uh, the, you're left to the, uh, to the thralls of the uh, two, the only two other female vampires in the whole movie. The cute, the little cute short one with the long hair and the British gal. Hello, hello, uh, hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because we spent a lot of time with them around that because we filmed that. Uh, that was filmed in a house somewhere. I think it was in Bel Air. And the big mansion was list, filmed in Bel Air. They're listed as Flower Child Vampire and Maul Flanders Vampire. Uh, Flower exactly. Child Vampire, played by Robin Klein, has unfortunately passed away. But Carrie oh. Moore uh, was actually a twin. Uh, her, her and her twin sister were actually in Friday the 13th Part 4 together. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. A good friend of mine was actually the first person uh, that was killed in the, uh, um, the Friday the 13th first film. Uh, Robbie Morgan, where she gets her throat slit at the, in the woods, where he <laughs> chases her through the woods. And that was her. That was Robbie's big claim to fame. Oh, the hitchhiker, <laughs> the, the hitchhiker girl. Yes, the very first person that he gets in the very first movie. Yeah, I did some theater with Robbie years ago. Yeah. But as a young, but as a young teenager, when I first saw this movie, I was probably like ten years old, eleven years old. I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know really what girls really were quite yet. But uh, that that scene always uh, stuck out to me. And then, of course, I had some serious questions about, like, what the hell was going on with the shower scene in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> so the infamous shower scene that's Ian once bitten. Yeah, that was, uh, I have to tell a little story about that one, which was we all saw in the script that, um, and we talked about it because we rehearsed this. Uh, Howard, uh, you know, came from a comedy background, the director. So he had us come in for about a week and we rehearsed uh, and, and read through all the scenes. And, and talked about what we could do to better him. So when we talked about the naked scene, he goes, now you guys are actually going to be naked when we shoot this. And we, we looked at each other, Jim and, and Tom and I went, what the hell are you talking about? We're going to be in front of 60 people on set. Hell no. We're, you know, we're young men. And he was like, oh, come on, stop being a, bu you know, a bunch of pussies and, and just buck it up, you know? And we were like, no, no, we don't want to be naked. So he said, all right. So there's this thing that you could do, and it's like a little sock for for your private parts that I'll I'll make sure 
the person in wardrobe has for you guys, because we're not going to see anything anyway. So if it shows up in the shot, we'll have to just reshoot it and redo it, blah, blah, blah. So on the day of that part, and we go to the school to shoot that scene, because we actually shot it in a, uh, you know, a high school uh, locker room or grade school locker room. I can't remember. And we showed up and it was like, okay, where's our, our little sock uh, to, you know, be anonymous. And the woman who was the wardrobe mistress went, what are you talking about? And we were like, well, Howard said he was going to give us something to, you know, cover up our private parts. And she laughed and she said, he told you what? (laughs) He never told me that. And we were like, what? And so the three of us went to Howard and said, Howard, you told us that we were going to have these things on our, you know, private parts. And he goes, yeah, I lied. You know, come on, be men. Just do it. You'll be fine. Five minutes into it, you're not going to think about it anyway. And the truth was, once we did the first take and they yelled cut and we were standing there and there was everybody was on the set, you didn't think about it. So you were just standing around with your junk hanging out. And, um, you know, when you got to be to the point where you're like, OK, that's just what it is. But I'll tell you a, a really funny story about that. So we're filming that scene and we had been filming for probably three or four hours and the water couldn't be hot because it would steam up the wind. So it had to be, you know, just regular room temperature water. And we had to be careful because of the soap and all that. Just, we, we knew we were going to be under the water for a long time. So what we ended up doing is Sam Goldwyn Jr. walked onto the set. And um, so what, what happened was Jim saw Sam come onto the set and just we were all buck naked. We were on set and he goes, Sam, and reaches out his hand for, for Sam to uh, shake his hands with Jim. Jim grabs his hand, pulls him really close and takes his midsection and starts flapping himself from side to side and won't stop. And he goes into one of the, the you know, the famous Jim kind of, and the whole set burst out laughing. And Sam was trying to look away and, and pull his hand away and Jim wouldn't let him. And he was right up there in his face. Uh, it, it was the, one of the best laughs on that whole filming that we ever did. And there were a lot of them because, because uh, Jim was hilarious. That's hilarious. What, what, the classic what, story. How was it working I mean, with uh, Laura Hutton? You know, I, so growing up in the seventies, you know, Lauren was the icon, one of the iconic supermodels, right? Right. Cheryl Teague's Lauren Hutton, yeah, the famous was, uh, and Sarah Fawcett, and she was in uh, Mexican blanket uh, she, shot. She was in Playboy in the sixties. She was in Playboy in the sixties. She had done, uh, what is it? Uh, Mr. Goodbar. Right. And, uh, so she was a sexual icon and everything that you saw about the New York scene with all, all of everybody, she was there. So I think Lauren was in her mid forties at that point and she was sexy as hell. I will say for a 23 year old uh, guy, I just, you know, and she played it to the hilt. She was actually very nice, but she was managing her career. And uh, this was a big deal for her because she hadn't done a film in a while. So she wanted to do to do it well, and um, uh, and I've seen her uh, you know, run into her in New York and in different places. I lived in New York City after that for about twenty five extra years, and she was always super friendly. Um, you know, she definitely was uh, somebody who had been in the the fast lane and had been around a bunch and knew what she was doing, 
and was working her image, but she was great. She was great and, and incredibly sexy to a 23-year-old straight guy at that time. <laughs> was, oh, man, I had a little crush on her. Understandably. And she, and she, also heard, oh. too, she would work it. She'd get up in your face and get close <laughs> sexy voice. And, yeah, she was fun. We heard we heard tell that she curses like a curses like a sailor. Is that was that your experience? Yeah, she does. She was uh, she was well, she's a good southern girl. So you know you get those southern girls, and uh, they can do that. I'm trying to remember where she was from. She was from like Texas or Alabama or someplace like that. Yeah, no, she was she was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, the whole shower scene was a lot of fun, and there were a lot of stories around that. And, and they ended up writing – there was a book, several books that that, uh, that scene was mentioned in uh, around sex scenes in movies. And periodically it would show up, and um, it's a little interesting because now I have, I have a 27-year-old son. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son, and, and some of their friends have seen it because it airs on cable – periodically and some of my friends uh my kids friends have seen it and see my name and or semi recognize me i've changed a lot since then that was a long time ago but it is one of those things your dad was making the movie you know and the whole all of that stuff all of those things um you know uh the juggling that we did in the one scene where we were in the the hamburger joint that that all came about where I was a, I, before that I had been a clown with Ringling uh, Circus. I was a clown with Ringling Brothers right out of out of uh, high school. Went to clown college and then toured. So I was a juggler, a stilt walker, unicyclist, walk wire, and all that. And so Howard was like, "Can you juggle these things?" So he was he was big on utilizing any skill that anyone had uh, to be able to add some kind of flair to the movie. And uh, it was a, it was a great experience all the way around. I, I can't, I mean, I've been on a couple shoots that were tough. This one, they gave us the time, energy and creativity to be able to um, play, have fun, um, gave us the space to do that. They gave Jim the space to come up with multiple takes and he would try different things and they would go with what was um, with what worked. So even when uh, you're off camera uh, and watching it, and you're watching the different things, you know, you knew uh, that Jim had command of the camera. Yeah. And that he was going to be, he, he was going to turn into who he turned into. What are you doing these days, Skip? Well, you know, I, I spent 25 years in the business. Uh, after that, I did several other films, a couple of them that I had written, started in, I went to film school back in the nineties and then started producing uh, the special camera technology that we were doing work for all the networks um, in New York for a number of years. And then I started, you know, I decided that I wanted to have a little bit more control and uh, raise a family and not necessarily be in New York and LA. So I started teaching seminars on leadership skills and personal growth work. And uh, now that's what I do. I'm a business leadership success coach and I've been in front of over a million people live and all kinds of stages, put on over a thousand seminars that I've produced. And um, I still do that kind of work now. I live out in, in Colorado, um, away from the city and just raising my kids and having a, you know, uh, a fun time living life. I had done everything that I wanted to 
in the uh, entertainment industry from being on Broadway to being in films. I was on a soap opera. Was uh, I was a Nickelodeon game show host. Uh, worked for Nickelodeon <laughs> when they, you know, when they were really at their height, and uh, helped launch Nick Studios, uh, Santa Claus for the Radio City Christmas Spectacular with the Rockettes, um, and just got to the point where I was like, Ooh, you know what, I want to do, uh, and be in a little bit more control of my creative life. So I'm still writing some. Uh, just finished a screenplay this last year that I'm uh, shopping around. And uh, and just basically uh, living a different kind of lifestyle than the one in the entertainment industry. Awesome, Skip. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm sure Scott does as well. Oh, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. It was great. It was it was uh, it it was. It, uh, <clears throat> let me start over. <laughs> Tracking you down and then having you respond to what it, it was that was fantastic because I was like, oh, I'm gonna, we're gonna reach out to every single person I can. Uh, to to have you know as many people as we can have on the show, and you're one of the main characters to the one of my favorite vampire movies of the '80s. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's been fun, guys. It's been fun, kind of walking down memory lane with this one. Absolutely. Uh, would you mind giving us a little bit of a uh, spot uh, for the for the podcast? You you would say basically your first and last name. Um, you play Russ in Once Bitten, and you're listening to the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. The Vampire Movie Minute podcast? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so you sure. You ready? Last, yep. Just say your first and last name, who the character is you play in what movie. You can even say the 1985 horror comedy. And you're listening to Chris and Scott on the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Let me just write Let me just write down uh, the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. I don't mess that up. Hold yeah, on. no, I understand. Vampire. What was Russ's last name, by the way? Um, I don't think Russ and Jamie have last names on IMDb. I don't think they do. Yeah. In its podcast. Okay. Uh, We're still trying. I'm still trying to track down uh, the actress who played Robin and uh, the actor who played Jamie. Uh, Karen Copens. Yeah, I messaged her on uh, yeah. Facebook, but I don't. I if you if you're not <clears throat> friends with someone on Facebook, it will go to go to the spam folder before they see it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping maybe she checks her other folder once in a while and sees a message from and be like, oh, I missed this message. Yeah, no, I haven't spoken to Karen in years, and it's been years since I spoke to Tom, who played uh, Jamie. He did he did stand up for years. Yeah. So somebody just told me that. Uh, I contacted somebody who had the exact same name as him, and he said, you're not going to believe this, but I get this all the time, and we actually yeah. both have the same profession. But here's a little hint about where he might be, so you can narrow the search down. His father-in-law just passed away, so there was a funeral that I was contacted about, and I come to find out, it's no, it's the other guy, the guy from the Once Bitten movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I haven't spoken to Tom in a long time, or Karen. Um, yeah. Okay, do you want me to do this bumper? Yep, sure. We'll take a pause okay. and then just start. <clears throat> Hi, this is Skip Lackey, and I was in the 1985 horror comedy film Once Bitten, and uh, this is Chris and Scott with the Vampire Movie Minute podcast. Enjoy. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Skip. You are welcome, guys. I will send you, you a link to when this uh, posts online. I will uh, probably get it up in the next week or so. And uh, if you could share it on social media, that would be fantastic. 
That'll be great, guys. Thank All you right. so much, Skip. All right. Take care. Stay safe and healthy in quarantine. Thank you. You too.